morning, church. Let's stand to our feet. Let's worship God.
in the room Come see the scars and love upon his hands The king is in the room We'll watch the darkness flee at his command Who is this king? Who is this king? And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Light of the world. There's freedom in his name. It's awesome in
let's give him praise. Yes. Amen. Church, you may be seated. Just keep worshiping. Good morning, church. Hey, you made it through the storm. I'm glad you're here. Those of you that are here, I'm glad you're here. Glad you made it. You know, it's, it's been a week. We didn't realize when we started the week it was going to end like it did. But you know what? It doesn't matter the changes that we had to deal with. God was still in control the whole way through, right? He, there is, our God is bigger than any storm. And I'm grateful for that. Uh, but here you are, you're here, and some people did get damaged. I, is there someone here in this room that you had water in your house? Is there someone here that had to deal with? So I'd love to see a hand of someone so we might could pray for you. Is there anyone here? Y'all had some, I see the hand right there. Y'all had some damage. Anyone else had damage in their home? To my left over here? Okay, where's that? Back row? Okay, yes, yes, yes. Could y'all stand up for just a moment? We'd like to pray. And, and if you're around, do you mind just putting your hands on their shoulders and praying for people that have had damage in their homes? Here we are right here. Just gather around them. And if you're not near them, if you could just sort of put your hand toward them. And we're also going to be putting our hearts toward those people uh, in South Florida. Catastrophic damage there. And uh, we want to lift them all up in prayer. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you got us through the storm, Lord. But, but storms come at a cost, Lord. And there are people in our congregation, Lord, that, that are hurting here today, Lord, and, and are going through extra work more than other people. Lord, and I, lift, I ask that you lift them up, please. Lord, that you would show your mercy and your grace and your favor on them, Lord. Lord, that you'd help us as church family to have sensitive eyes and open hearts and open hands and available time to help. And Lord Jesus, I pray that, that as we get through this storm, Lord, that we would keep looking to you and relying on you and not on our own resources. Lord, I lift up our brothers and sisters in Southwest Florida and South Florida, Central Florida, Lord. Many dealing with catastrophic damage. Uh, people have died. And Lord, we just need you. You're the only one that can pick up the pieces after the storm. But Lord, help us be a part of that blessing. And Lord Jesus, as you, as you make new from what's been broken, Lord, help us to give you the glory. In your precious name of Jesus. Lord, bless these people that are standing, Lord. Bless them. In your precious name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, our prayers are with you. Uh, I want you to know we, we've only had three people actually tell us what their needs are. And, and if, if you have a need and, and, you know, the storm has caused some hurt, we have some people that are willing to volunteer and willing to help. And I ask that you do one thing. If you could, just text CONNECT to our, our, our phone number. It's 904-441-6900. Just say, I have a need. I have a need. This is what's going on. Or, or the, you can pray for me. This is what's going on. We have people monitoring that and trying to get that to the people that can help. And if you want to help, if you want to help volunteer, use that same. We're not trying to start up new systems. We're trying to use what we have. So if, if you want to help, if you just text CONNECT to that 904-441-6900, say, you know, I'm willing to help. These are the days when I can help this week. And we can help meet some of those needs. We do have a need. There is a house in, San, in uh, Davis Shores that a, pe a group of people are going to at 1.30 p.m. to muck out and to help out. And if you're available to do that, if you would just text, connect to 904-441-6900, say, yes, I'm willing to help. And then we can get you in touch with that team 
that is going there. But you know, this is time when church, the Bible says rejoice with those who rejoice, mourn with those who mourn, outdo one another in showing honor to everybody. And this is the time for us to, to gather around. So if you can help or if you need help, please let us know. Because we're a church family. We're a church family. Uh, I'll, I'll just let you know if you want to give, you certainly can. And, and all the money that we receive, we're going to use it first here locally. And then we're talking with our, 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 our family of churches in the state. We're asking, is there, is there a church in Southwest Florida uh, that we can adopt, a church that has needs? And we're waiting to hear from that. And then from that, we will, we will look uh, uh, to trying to help them out. The people hit the brunt of it. We got the glancing blow again. They got the brunt. And we're going to help them. And you know what? We're going to show that our God's alive and he's powerful. And he makes his people compassionate and powerful in his name, right? That's right. Hey, hey, we're coming to another time that unites us. We're going to celebrate. I don't know if celebrate is the right word. We're going to remember what Christ did on the cross. We call it the Lord's Supper here at this church. And if you're a believer in Jesus Christ and you've committed to him as your Lord and Savior, you're invited to join us. This is not a Baptist thing. This is a Jesus thing. Okay, and we're uniting with churches all throughout the world. We're we're uniting with believers all throughout the generations where he did this. And and you should have received the elements when you came in. And if you did not, uh, just raise your hand and I have someone in the back who'll be glad to pass them to you. And uh, during this moment, you can start pre-opening the things. There's uh, a a little flimsy uh, cellophane thing that holds up the bread and then the foil cover opens up the the, uh, cup. And as you're doing that, we're preparing the elements. Let's also prepare our hearts. I'm going to pray one more time, and then we'll, we'll participate together. Lord Jesus, in the quietness of this moment, we realize that no matter what we do, whether we're trying to help other people or trying to build a building or trying to get through a week of, of routine, it all pales in comparison to what you did on the cross. Lord Jesus, you... you You took everything. You took all the sin, all the punishment, Lord. You took it all for for me and everyone in this room and throughout the world. Lord, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that love so great that you would do that for us. And Lord, as we come to, to remember and to express our gratitude, I pray that that you would help us to be as grateful as we possibly can be. Lord, that we'd be able to recommit as as deeply as we possibly can. And Lord, that we would continue to rely on you with everything. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. The Bible tells us that on the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would, as we take this bread, that you would help us to understand that sacrifice that you made for us, Lord, and that that as you gave your body and blood for us, Lord, that we would give a rededication of our bodies, our lives for you. Lord, by your wounds, by your stripes, we're healed. Lord, just move among us, Lord, and, and as we partake this, help us to be grateful. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let's partake.
Bible tells us in the same manner. After supper, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread, drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Lord Jesus, as we take this cup, Lord, help us understand the blood sacrifice that brought the cleansing of our sins, Lord. And we praise your name, Lord, that we are cleansed. We are cleansed from our sins by your sacrifice. And nothing else cleanses. And Lord, as we take this, help us to live in forgiveness. Help us to live in gratitude. Help us to live in renewed dedication in your power. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's partake. And the Bible tells us also in, that that same night, he taught us something else that we would do well to remember. He said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples, if you have love one for another. God bless you, church. Pastor Walter, let's stand together. I want you to think about a question. How can Christ be magnified? He's magnified in our worship and our praise, but he's also magnified as we go out into our community and we are his hands and feet. So let's just continue to worship this morning.
church. Amen. Come on, let's praise him. Good morning, church. Please have a seat. We are so thankful to see you this morning and so blessed, aren't we? So blessed. If this is your first time with us, we'd love to connect with you. And there's a couple ways you can do that. We have set up a, a um, platform for you. The phone number is 904-441-6900. And you can put that in and put in the word connect. And that will take you to a digital platform that you can fill out the connect card. Also, we in the atrium, we have a place, the information desk that you can do and fill out a connect card there. We just encourage you to do that because we believe that every person is important and we do not want to leave anyone out. So please check that out. Also, that same phone number, you can put it in and put in the word news, and you will see our digital bulletin, the same as our printed one, and that will give you the information of the goings-on within the church during the week and for the next month or so. So I just encourage you to, to check that out, put that phone number in. Uh, Pastor Walsh also said you can do the same thing, put the phone number in and put connect if you know someone that needs help after the storm or you yourself do. Please do that as well. Just a couple announcements I want to share with you this morning and just highlight them. Our first one is this afternoon, 1 o'clock, 10th Street, St. Augustine Beach, baptism. You need to, if you've never seen it, this is an awesome day to go. Go and witness those people that are putting their lives out for Christ, accepting Him as their Lord and Savior. I just encourage you. I think there's several going to be baptized. I encourage you to do that. Again, it's 1 o'clock, so make sure you go a little bit early so you can park. Uh, 10th Street at St. Augustine Beach. Also, some of you have noticed that the building is gone, the house. We called it lovingly the pink house, the annex. Our quilting ministries met there. We had two, actually one that met on Friday, Thursdays and Fridays and one that were met Monday through Wednesday. And they have merged together. And in your bulletin, you will see that they are asking you to come to an open house next week at 1145 on the second floor. They want to share with you what God has done, not only bringing two ministries together to make one, but just to be encouraged by you. And if you have any questions about quilting, that is the place to go and talk to those ladies. You will be so, so blessed. Also, believe it or not, it's November uh, coming up. In November, uh, we always have our ladies' luncheon, and I just encourage you next week we'll start ticket sales. But Operation Christmas Child starts as well. And so that is now. I'm going to let you look at a video, and I'll see you in a few minutes. And when those lids come off those boxes, you've never seen such pure joy. This is amazing. As you can see, the children's faces, they are excited as they open up the gifts for the first time. What makes the gifts more than just gifts is the message that comes with the gift. This is the opportunity for a child to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. The mission of Operation Christmas Child never changes. Children are coming to Jesus 
and children are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. Millions of children around the world are being impacted by these simple shoebox gifts. One box can touch not just a child, but the whole family. So we need to keep packing those boxes and pray for the children that God will use this in a very special way. So thank you for being a part of it. God bless you. a moment before we pray together for our tithes and offerings. A few years ago, we received as a church an email, and I just want to quickly share with you, um, our youth pastor and our kids packed up boxes, and this email was from like 15 years ago or so. Um, Mason Rieger was our youth pastor at that time, and in this email, um, a young lady said that when she was a little girl, she received one of the boxes. And she was just so overjoyed with that. And she wanted us to know that her and her husband had gone into ministry just from that one box, inspiring her that people loved Jesus. And she wanted to share that love. So would you pray with me? Lord, I just thank you for the generosity of our church, not only in their giving, but their time. Lord, coming here and cleaning up. Um, the church yesterday was, was such a blessing. And, and Lord, and, and just the ones that will be going out this week, I, I pray for them. Lord, I pray for all of us as we go through. Let us share. Let us be the gospel on the ground. Let us share Christ. Lord, we just love you so, so much. Give us that opportunity to just glow for you. We just love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, good morning, church again. And I do want to say uh, thank you to all the people that have volunteered. Uh, yesterday, we had people that went out uh, yesterday morning to, to take the projects that we had at the time. And then also, a big team came and cleaned up the parking lot so that it would be appropriate for people in open-toed or high heel shoes so you could get into church safely without uh, damaging feet. So we're so glad for all you. And thank you, thank you, thank you for, for coming out and helping. Today, I have a message that I think is just ideal for this week, um, uh, ideal for people that are survivors of a hurricane. Because, uh, you know, this past week we were pushed out of our comfort zones. We were pushed out of our homes or we had to be put into our homes, uh, depending where you were. But I, I want to talk about the captivity or the exile. You know, we're, we're going through the whole history of the Bible this fall. And, and there was a time when a nation stormed in and what they did, they swept away the children of Israel, and some of them never returned. And some of them, some of them returned broken, and they returned changed. So I'm going to look at this through the context of 2 Kings chapter 17. So I invite you to take your Bibles and turn to 2 Kings chapter 17. I think it's a great passage that gives us a good summary of what happened. It's a good passage that gives us good spiritual understanding of what happened. But as we're in this passage, just so you know, uh, the, uh, the Israel in this passage refers to the northern kingdom. When we had the, the time of the kingdoms, the kingdom divided, and there was the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, and the northern kingdom was called Israel, and the southern kingdom was called Judah. So we were using that terminology. Uh, the northern kingdom had 10 tribes, and the southern kingdom had two, Judah and Benjamin. And, and, and the time of the kings, they, they ultimately declined and declined and declined because Really what they did was they rejected God as their king. And then they were looking to humans to be that king, to, to be their God for them. And so anyway, we're going to start at 2 Kings chapter 17, starting at verse 14. I invite you to stand with me in honor of God's word. And this is talking about Israel, the, the northern kingdom, the ones that separated away from Jerusalem and the temple worship. And this is what 
the word of God says, but they would not listen, but were stubborn as their fathers had been, who did not believe in the Lord their God. They despised his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers and the warnings that he gave them. They went after false idols and became false. And they followed the nations that were around them concerning whom the Lord had commanded them that they should not do like them. And they abandoned all the commandments of the Lord their God and made for themselves metal images of two calves. And they made an Asherah and worshiped all the host of heaven and served Baal. They burned their sons and their daughters as offerings. You hear that? They burned their sons and their daughters as offerings, used divination and omens, and sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord, provoking him to anger. Therefore, the Lord was angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. None was left but the tribe of Judah only. Lord Jesus, I ask that you would, uh, Lord, help us to take these words in and understand how important it is to, to trust in you and to follow you, Lord, that, that you're not only God our Father, you're God our Judge. And Lord, that you really do want the best for us that we'd be reconciled to you. But Lord, uh, there, there are limits to what you allow us to do. And, and Lord, there's punishment that comes because you're our father. And Lord, help us to just get close to you, whatever circumstance we're in and trust in you. In your precious name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'm going to read a couple more verses in a minute, but I want to pause here because this talks about Israel, the northern kingdom being taken away. Historically, the northern kingdom, uh, they were conquered by the Assyrians in 720 BC. This is when we're talking. 700 years before Jesus Christ, 720 BC. And the 10 tribes of, of the northern kingdom, the 10 tribes, they were presumably deported. The Assyrians had this practice. They took the people out spread them out throughout their empire and brought new people in. And we know little of what happened to the people that were deported. As a matter of fact, we don't know what happened to those 10 tribes. And that gives rise to the tradition of the lost tribes of Israel. That was the Northern Kingdom. They went away, were never heard from again, okay? But what about the Southern Kingdom? What about Judah around Jerusalem, the tribes of Judah and Benjamin? Uh, they didn't escape either. I'm going to continue on in the passage that we started. Verse 19, Judah also did not keep the commandments of the Lord their God, but walked in the customs that Israel had introduced. The Lord rejected all the descendants of Israel and afflicted them and gave them into the hand of plunderers until he cast them out of his sight. All of them went into, all of them went into exile. All of them went into captivity. And so when it talks about Israel here, it's talking about all 12 tribes. You know, and this happened about 120 years later to 140 years later in the history books. You know, 597 BC, just around 600 BC, the elite of Judah, they went into captivity, but it wasn't the Assyrians. It was the Babylonians. It was King Nebuchadnezzar. He took them uh, into captivity, took them to Babylon. In 586, about, you know, 12, 13 years later, uh, it came uh, even stronger. They took more people away, and that's when they destroyed the temple. It was sacked and burned, and a new wave of exiles arrived in Babylon. This is what is called in Hebrew the Galut. This is the Galut. This is the captivity. If you're looking it up in the Bible, you want to study it, you might find that word, the captivity or captivity more often than you find that word exile. But what it is, is it was a forced migration. It was a forced migration. It was, it was out of their comfort zone. And, and I want you to know 
forced migration, having to leave your comfort zone. Did you realize that's a recurring theme in the Bible? Adam and Eve, they went out of the Garden of Eden, right? Abraham, Abraham, he was told that, that, that he had to leave the land of his father. So, so we see this forced migration. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, they had to leave their land and go into Egypt. I mean, we see this, this, this being forced out of your homeland, uh, something that happens over and over again. Moses lived his entire life in exile. His entire life, Moses lived in exile. And so anyway, what do we glean from this? What, what do we get from this? I just want to say to you, brothers and sisters in Christ, that, that many of us here, actually all of us here are in exile at some, at some stage. Now, some of you may be feeling it more. We're all in exile because we have a home in heaven, okay? Right now, we're strangers in our land. We're not home right now. Do you understand we're not home? That we got a better home coming? We got a great homecoming, okay? So right now we're kind of in exile right here, but physically, some of you feel like you're in exile because you physically cannot go to your home right now because there's some flood damage and mold damage and all that kind of stuff that's going on. But there are also people, you might be estranged from your home because there are relationship issues. Maybe you're estranged from your husband or your wife or your family. Maybe you feel captive in your job. I mean, there are a lot of ways that we can feel like we're not at home. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Am I in exile? Am I estranged? And, and how do I feel alienated? How, how do I feel like I'm isolated? Where do I feel like I'm alone? Where do I feel like I'm abandoned? I think that's a question we can all ask. And then if I'm dealing with that, if I'm in this kind of, this kind of captivity, how do I get past it? So this is what we're, we're looking at. So I want you to know, as we go through this series, we've been going through... We've been going through the whole Bible. We're trying to see who God is. So God was creator. He created the heavens and the earth, and he's still creator. God is the hope giver. He was in Genesis 3 when sin came into it. God is still the hope giver. God is still the commander who gives the Ten Commandments and the commandments for our life. God is still also the father to the captive. And that's what I want to share with you, that if you're in captivity, we have a father, okay? And, uh, and, and we have a home and we might be in exile, but how do I thrive as an exile follower of Jesus Christ? Okay. How do I thrive when I'm experiencing trials? How do I thrive when I'm feeling, when I'm feeling the pain? Because, and sometimes the exile might be because we made bad judgments like Israel and Judah did. The exile might come there, but it might be that, that this path of alienation is just the path that you're going through and God is going to use it to grow you and make you stronger and maybe even make you a leader. So I don't know why you might be going through whatever pain you're going through or alienation you're going through. We go through these from time to time. It's, it's biblical, but how do I thrive in this? How do I thrive? Because even if the Lord's bringing growth and you're going through a hard time, Sometimes the bad thoughts creep in, don't they? Don't they? They creep in. Think, why? Why, God? Why? Okay. So let's dig in. Uh, first, in this passage, uh, here are some things that I think would be good strategies for us. Verse 14 and 15 of 2 Kings 17 said, They would not listen, but they were stubborn. They were stubborn. Okay. Do you know people who are stubborn? You know, <laughs> They might say they're convicted or they might say they have convictions, but some people have convictions and some people are just stubborn. Okay. Uh, not because of any particular conviction. I know people, they just don't want to bend to anyone's opinion. It, it, you know, if I, if I say it's daylight, they'll say it's twilight, you know, why? Well, just because they don't want to, 
think anyone else came up with that idea. They don't want anybody else's authority or opinion. You know, and this is what happened. He said, these people were stubborn. They were stubborn, okay? He says, as their fathers had been who did not believe in the Lord their God, they despised the statues. God said, this is what you should do. Well, I'm not gonna do that. If God's gonna tell me that, that is the last thing I'm gonna do. Do you know people like that? You tell them and the last thing they're gonna do is, is what you say. They say, man, that's red. No, that's purple. Goodness, people of Israel are stubborn, okay? They would not listen. You know, if you're dealing with estrangement from God, and people, here's, here's one thing I think we can take as a, as a good guide to life. Don't be stubborn. That's the first thing to write down. Don't be stubborn. Bend my will to God's will. At least bend your will to God's will. You know, I, I hate when people argue about our will and God's will. You know, I, people come to me occasionally and they say, you know, uh, what do you, where do you stand on the issue of God's sovereignty versus free will? Okay, and, and can I tell you, I think that argument is... And I know some of you may think it's very important, but I think it's a total waste of energy. It's a total waste of oxygen in the room. And here's why, you know, it's like this, how many angels can dance on the head of a pen type of argument. It doesn't matter what you think, you're not changing how God works, okay? And it's like you're, you're, you're comparing apples to concrete. They are not the same thing. God is sovereign. Do you get it? God is sovereign. He's over everything and nothing threatens God's sovereignty. God is sovereign, okay? And yeah, okay, and we have a will, okay? Now some would say, well, are we, do we have our free will or our sovereignty? Well, we, there is no such thing as free will. No such thing as free will. Our will is either surrender to the Lord or it's enslaved to sin. But it's never, ever free, okay? So um, just take that term out. But I knew, though, that in God's sovereignty, there comes a point where we have to make a choice to respond to his offer of salvation. And if he offers you salvation, he gives you the opportunity to say yes to him. And if he does, say yes. Say yes to Jesus. That's where we need to put our energy is to helping people say yes to Jesus. And in the mystery of salvation, wherever that dividing line falls between God's sovereignty and the will of humanity, the, the same thing happens. If we know someone that's not said yes to Jesus, we need to help them say yes to Jesus. That's, that's where it is. And I, I know this, no matter how long you argue, it will not make a microscopic bit of difference to how God saves hearts and lives. It does not make that. So anyway, he's sovereign. You're not, I'm not, God's sovereign, okay? Uh, but also I know when you're presented with a life-changing truth of Jesus Christ, if you've not received it and you have the opportunity to respond, you should respond. There's no better decision you can make. It's the best decision you'll ever make. Let me tell you what happens when you're stubborn. When you're stubborn, God can't feed you. Look at he, Hosea 4.16 says this. It's like a stubborn heifer, like a stubborn cow, okay? Like a stubborn heifer. Israel is stubborn. Can the Lord now feed them like a lamb in broad pasture? And the picture here is Israel's a stubborn cow and they refuse to be going to the good pasture, but God wants to bring them to where the feeding is and they can't go to where the feeding is because they're stubborn. God doesn't want us to be the stubborn heifer. He wants us to be the sheep of his flock. That's what he's called us to do, okay? Uh, you know, the only one that gets the food is the one who actually follows the Lord to the pasture. So this is the next point. I can't be fed, if I, I can't be fed by God if I won't be led by God. 
I cannot be fed by God if I won't be led by God. I believe that God has blessings for all of us. And I believe that many of us here, whether you realize it or not, we're starved for the blessings of God. And some of us, we're starving because we're stubborn and we won't let God lead us to where the food is. And so I just want to say, don't be stubborn. Let, let God feed you uh, and, and follow God. Now, here's another thing. Look at verse 16 of our passage. It says, they abandoned all the commandments of the Lord of the God. Not only did they not follow God, they walked away from, they turned away. That's, that's even more than being stubborn. They actually are just doubling down and going away from God. They abandoned God. And look how bad they abandoned God. It said they made for themselves metal images of two calves. If you know anything about Bible history, when Moses brought down the Ten Commandments and he went up on the mountain, the people were just worried about where Moses was. He wasn't there for a long time. And Aaron, the brother of Moses, made them, made them a golden calf. Well, in the time of the kings, they didn't just have one golden calf. They doubled down. They had two calves. I mean, they abandoned the following of the Lord, okay? And, and, and they, it says they, they made an Asherah. An Asherah, it was the Canaanite fertility goddess. I mean, that was the mother of Baal in that mythology there. And so they, they, they worshiped that fertility goddess and uh, they put up carved poles on the hills. That's what an Asherah was, we think. Uh, a carved pole, they go up on a high place and worship it. And, and we know that there were Asherah poles. There were these false worship places in places like Samaria and Bethel and even in Jerusalem, okay? And they worship multiple false gods. And are, are you seeing there what it says in, in verse 17, human sacrifice? They burned sons and daughters. You know, there, there's a God there by the name of Molech, uh, a false god that they called Molech, a pagan god. And the way to get, the way to get pr production, the way to get productivity was to burn your child, your infant child, your son or your daughter. And so anyway, that was evil in God's sight and, and God removed them from his sight. That doesn't mean God didn't see them. God sees everything. When it says he removes them from his sight, that means that that, that word for sight is talking about God's approval. God doesn't approve that. And he removes them from, from his approval, okay? And so here's the point I want to make. When I abandon God, God's blessings abandon me. When I abandon God, God's blessings abandon me. You know, I, there are some blessings that are general blessings. We call them general blessings. That means the rain falls on the good and the bad. Okay, but there are other blessings, the, the blessings that bring the hope in our heart, the blessings that bring the peace in our soul. Those are the ones that come from being in that zone of blessing, of, of living in that life where, where we're open to God pouring into us. And I think we need to be doing that. We need to, they come from living in that blessing zone and protection of the Lord. So don't, don't abandon God. God wants to bless you. Did you know that? I don't know what you're dealing with in your life. And, and circumstances may be pretty rough right now because of the storm or might be rough because of something else. I don't know what you're dealing with, but let me tell you, as you're dealing with the hard times of life, don't think that God doesn't love you. He loves you uh, with a never ending love, a love that he gave his own son for you. So he loves you. Don't abandon God. He's not going to abandon you. But when you abandon God, his blessings abandon us. You know, God wants everyone to be blessed. That's why the angel said when Jesus was born, peace on earth, goodwill to men. Okay, he, we want everyone to be blessed. So, you know, in, in my own personal exile or alienation, can I find the blessings of the Lord? You 
you know what? I, I, don't, I don't think we ought to be seeking the blessings of the Lord. I don't think the Bible says we should seek blessings. We should be seeking the Lord. And as we seek the Lord, then God blesses us. Does that make sense to you? Are you tracking with me? So, so don't try to find the blessings. Find the Lord. Don't abandon God. Find the Lord and he will bring his blessings. And I'm going to trust in his will. So when I'm aware of his presence, I'm trusting in his will and I'm relying on his power, then God will bring the blessings that he's going to bring to me. Okay. And you know, if you seek the Lord, you're going to find him. That's a word for the exile. You know, Jeremiah 29, 13, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your hearts. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Two points here. The Lord is the treasure, okay? He's the key. He's the one that we should be seeking. And he's accessible. He's accessible to every single person here. And, and so the point is this. The Lord is the only reachable key that brings true freedom. And the Lord's available He's the treasure. He's accessible today. And you can trust him today. Do you believe him? Do you believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins? And do you believe that he's alive right now, that he conquered death? And do you believe that if you follow him, that forgiveness of everything you've done wrong is available? If you believe that, then commit to him as Lord. And if you've not committed to him, start today. Commit to him as Lord and Savior, okay? Uh, you know, and commit to him with all your heart. You will find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know, on the scale of all your heart, how committed are you to Jesus? Because it says, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart, okay? So how committed to you are Jesus? On a scale of one saying, I'm abandoned God, okay? I, I'm not even going to God. Or 10, I'm, I'm fully committed to God. Everything, my, my, my life, my calendar, my checkbook, it's totally God's. Where are you on that scale? Okay, now if you're a 10, I would say you're lying. None of us are 10. I'm a pastor. I'm not a 10. I'm trying, but I don't think I could say I'm a 10. But if you're 10, that means 100% commit. So where are you? Where are you on that scale? Okay, you know, am I a five? Am I a seven? Am I a nine? So if I'm a five, what's it going to take to move to six? If I'm a seven, what's it going to take to move to eight? If I'm a nine, what does it take to move closer to God, wherever that is? You know, because God, God loves you and he wants you to find him. He wants you to find him because in, in captivity, he's not just your God, he's your father. And father wants to be with his sons and daughters. He's our father. Listen to this. I'm going to take a New Testament scripture here and talk about captivity. This is Hebrews chapter 12, verses five through six. And it says this. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines who? The one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. See, the judge punishes the criminal. The father disciplines the son. You know, God's not trying to punish. If there's discipline that has to go on our lives, he'll bring the discipline. We all need discipline. We need discipline, whether we're good or bad. We need to have discipline in our lives. And in spite of my captivity, whatever my exile is, remember this, God is my father. Just say that. God is my father. Say it one more time. God is my father. Yeah, yeah. Whatever my exile is, God is my father and he'll always be my good, good father. So in spite of my captivity, here's the next point. I am loved 
by my heavenly father. I'm loved by my heavenly. Your circumstances do not determine God's love. That love is there. It is constant. Okay. So if you're feeling like you're in exile, you feel like you're in some sort of captivity. You feel like you're in some sort of alienation. I want to give you a word of encouragement. Every Bible hero felt the same way. Every Bible hero in Hebrews chapter 11, right after it talks about the uh, heroes of the faith, uh, people like Moses and Abraham and Jeremiah, all these people that served the Lord. He says this, these all died in faith, Hebrews eleven thirteen, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. See, they were looking to the promises. They, they realized they see the promises. They're over there in eternity. I'm going to get to those promises. They're not here, but that's okay because I know where the promised land is. It's eternity, okay? And then it says here, for people who speak thus, make it clear that they're seeking a homeland. We're seeking a homeland. We live in a great state of Florida, but it's not my homeland, not my forever homeland. My forever homeland is heaven. If they'd been thinking of that land from which they'd gone out, they'd have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Do you desire a better country? I desire a better country. I desire a better country. I wish this country were better. But also, I desire a better country, better than if this country were perfect. There's a better country, and that's the country where God is king. And that's the country I'm living in for all eternity because I trust Jesus as my Savior. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is a heavenly one. Therefore, God's not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared for them a city. The people in Israel and Judah, they had a time of captivity. We're exiles too. But we know home is coming. And we're going to home. And in that home, we have a father who loves you. So the last point I want to make is this. Let my heart's desire be heaven and the Lord. Focus on where we're going, not where you are right now. Because you have a father who'll never leave you. He will never die. He has a home for you that will never go away. We have a home that the church owned for many years. Before the storm, we had a house there. There's not a house there after the storm. Of course, it wasn't taken down by the storm. We knew it was coming down. But we have a home that won't go away. And problems come. Wars rage, storms blow, but we can deal with them all if we keep our eyes on Jesus and we keep our eyes on the Lord, right? Would you pray with me, please? Stand with me and pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that, that you're with us. You're our father in the midst of captivity. And Lord, we know that we have those times in our life when we're just out of sync with this world just tremendously. We don't feel comfortable anywhere. And Lord, if someone is dealing with that right now, Lord, let your Holy Spirit just rain down on them and feel your presence and your love and your power. And Lord, until that time, let us as church rally around each other on a joint pilgrimage seeking our heavenly home. And Lord, if someone doesn't know what it means, to be in your family. Lord, I pray you take the blinders off. 
Lord, I pray you take the fear away. Lord, that you remove any doubt. Lord, that you remove any, anything that would keep them from trusting in you. Lord, in receiving your forgiveness and having a second chance that leads all the way into eternity. Lord, move among us, I pray. In your precious name of Jesus, amen. We're coming to a time of response. And I don't know if, if you require prayer, I'm gonna be up here to pray. You certainly can come here and pray with me. Uh, if you want to pray at the altar, that's certainly open. If you want to make a step of faith, whether it's commitment to Jesus Christ, just come forward. We have counselors that will help you with that step. Whatever God's calling you to do, let's move forward because we all have one thing in common. We have a Father who loves us. We have another thing in common. We have heaven that's our home. And we have a Savior that will get us there. His name is Jesus. So you come if God's calling you. I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head oh, I will sing of the goodness of God
the storm and the fire and the exile and all that comes in life. Let's keep giving God the praise and the glory. He has been faithful. He has been sovereign. Church, go in peace. God bless you all.
I don't, I don't do that.